Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land across central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to the podcast. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland, based in Rockhampton. And today I'm really excited to have Lisa Neaton, Lead Principal from the Centre for Learning and Wellbeing, joining me. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks very much, Trudy. It's great to be here. And in our usual uh, CQ style, let's start with a one-word barometer. How are you? Trudy, I think it would be fair to say I'm in fine company with a lot of other educators at the moment. I'm going to say relieved. Relieved because it's almost the, the break. Um, people have been working really hard over these last couple of weeks, and I think everyone's looking forward to having a big breath. Yeah, uh, great word. I, I'm going to say calm because um, we're last day before we head into the Easter holiday, so that's our point in time. And um, it, it, calmly productive, I think, is mm. how I feel right now. And Lisa, let's have our conversation starter as lead principal for Centre for Learning and Wellbeing, which we'll refer to from probably this point forward as the CLAW. Um, you spend a lot of time travelling. I do, yes. And I'd love to know, what do you love listening to as you travel? Uh, so Trudy, I mainly choose audiobooks because that allows me to get back to, get into the car and be excited about the next chapter, where I'm up to in the book. Uh, but I guess in terms of podcasts, obviously I love the CQ Leading and Learning podcast. But the other one that I um, sometimes do is Amanda Imber's How I Work. And I guess what attracts me to that is just that she interviews a range of people across a number of different professions. So they all have little tips about the way they can be productive in their work. And I often pick up little little tidbits for my work. So Yeah. And we'll put some links to that in the show notes sure. so people can find find that podcast because I'm sure there'll be great tips in there. Uh, I usually listen to podcasts but I'm being a little bit more uh, deliberate in my listening choices at the moment and I am on an audio book and it is The Resilience Project by Hugh Van Seilenberg and the book was actually recommended to me by Rebecca Godfrey, Principal at Blackwater Mm -hmm. High, so shout out to Beck and I have to highly recommend this book whether it's whether it's audio or whether it's you know the old-fashioned hard copy, highly recommend it to all educators out there. Hugh himself is a teacher from Melbourne, Victoria, and he's a artful storyteller with a really important message around resilience. And in short, talks about gems. So gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness, which I think is pretty important right now. Absolutely agree. Very topical, and I'm sure a lot of our uh, fellow principals are out looking forward to picking up some books over the holidays and giving a rest from the screen for a while, and maybe going to the old-fashioned way of reading, um, having that feeling of the paperback between our hands. Yeah, and um, by the time they listen to this, they'll probably be back at work, and I'm still going to advocate that picking up an old-fashioned book is a great thing to do, um, because lots of our work will be virtual, mm. lots of screen time, and we can default to that too pretty easily and find ourselves on the old social media feeds and um, limiting that and reconnecting with some of those 
old-fashioned leisure uh, pastimes is probably good for the soul. Yeah, agree. So it kind of leads into to the work of the claw, and, and that's what I wanted to talk to with you about. Um, the folk and the schools that are within the claw probably know the work of the Centre for Learning and Wellbeing really well, but this is a great opportunity to share it more widely across our whole region. So, Lisa, tell us what the claw is all about. Yes, thank you, Trudy. It's, it is exciting to be talking to the broader region about this piece of work because you're right. So we have 43 schools that we look after um, in, in our catchment of the claw, as, as you say. We have been abbreviated to that. But the Centres for Learning and Wellbeing, um, more precisely, were developed as an initiative following some consultation back in 2017 about how we could support um, our our teachers and our principals and our students who are living and working in rural and remote areas of Queensland. And of course, in central Queensland region here, we have about 86 of our schools that are considered rural and 51 considered remote. So the vast majority of our schools are in rural and remote locations. Uh, and, you know, I, I have to say, um, having been in this job now for a little over 12 months, I just have tremendous admiration for our, our educators who are serving particularly our most remote communities. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a privilege to serve out there, you know, the, the role that they play in their communities as leaders in those spaces is really significant. We have a number of beginning teachers out in those places as well. Um, and, and really, you know, I think it sets them up really strongly for a really successful career in education. Mm, absolutely. And it is such important work. And sometimes facing the most difficult circumstances and the mm. tyranny of distance is an obvious one, but periods of drought um, right now, uncertainty. Yes, absolutely. The insects that have been in some of our parts around Longreach and Winton mm. recently, you know, just to deal with that um, is an issue of resilience sometimes. So, um, and, and you're right, away from family, uh, the distances between places, um, if people have been, um, I guess, stressed by some of the supply issues in our larger centres recently, you can imagine what it's like mm. for, for people who have to think four or five weeks ahead about their grocery orders. So, uh, yeah, but that being said, people are in good spirits, they're working really hard and, and um, you know, the, the role that our principals and our teachers play in supporting their communities in rural remote areas is a really significant one and I know um, they've been taking heart by the positive feedback that they've been getting back from their communities about how prepared they are yeah. in relation to the continuity of learning and things that we're facing at the moment. Yeah. So Lisa, tell us about the physicality of the centre mm. and also the operations. So the centre is based at Emerald North State School. So we do have a geographical presence. Um, and when I first started at the centre, I received, uh, you know, a fairly generous budget, Trudy, um, and a staffing profile uh, and a physical space that needed refurbishment. So it was pretty much a blank canvas, really. Um, so the, as I said, we're located on the Emerald North State School campus and a big shout out to all the, all of the teachers and, um, the administrators there and particularly Megan Reichley, who makes it so easy every day to, to cohabit with another principal on a school campus. Uh, so we have two great meeting spaces there uh, where we cycle a lot of PD, um, a lot of meetings, coaching sessions, that kind of thing through through the physical space. But of course, we also spend a lot of time in the car. So we have a number of four-wheel drives and we travel in those out to um, all of our centres. So the very furthest I've been is a trip to Birdsville. Uh, and so shout out to Gina out that way as well. Um, but um, we, we have a, also a satellite in Longreach. So 
two major physical presences and we're about to move our satellite in Longwich onto the campus at Longwich State School. So we're really excited about that opportunity we as well because we think the closer that professional learning can come to the chalk face, to the classroom, uh, the, the better it is for all of us. Um, so, yeah, that's our, that's our physical space. We feel really fortunate to be on the campuses that we're on. Uh, and then our work really is, is driven by school needs. So we have a request for services form that schools are invited to to submit um, and they can also uh, request support through their assistant regional director and we encourage schools to do so to talk with the AID about their particular interests and needs and professional development priorities uh, I guess working together in that piece of building that expert teaching team so we do a lot of uh, professional development whether it be delivered face-to-face -face or remotely so virtually we're quite comfortable with we do work in the IC platform we do work in the in, in collaborate um, and you know we also use teleconference and Skype as well so even just this past fortnight um, my work can look like Skyping in with a say a band 5 principal about a, a piece of curriculum um, looking at three levels of planning uh, linking in with groups of eight or nine principals on Skype to talk about um, you know common priorities there with their staff development programs uh, through to you know running larger PD sessions and unfortunately a lot of our PD sessions have been currently put on hold in the mm. traditional sense but we look forward to seeing what we can evolve um, online in the short term while we um, deal with what's ahead. Mm. So Lisa there's actually five functions for the centre and you've talked a bit about PD mm. so do you want to talk about the functions a little? Sure so the five functions are detailed in the operations framework of the centre so the first one is about leadership capability and particularly for our newly appointed principals. So um, we, in our catchment, we have people who it's their first time as a principal through to people who might have uh, been appointed to a central Queensland school and haven't served in a central Queensland um, school before. Uh, through to people who've had various um, various pathways. So they might have been a HOD or a HOSES or a HOC coming into a, a principalship um, either from our region or another region and of course promoted within the region as well. So we try to tailor what, what we do to, um, based on the needs of the principal and their leadership team. We also like to invest in the leaders and like our middle leaders as well, because we know that in real or remote locations, sometimes our principals will turn over, but our middle leaders will remain. And we will want to be really sure that we're giving those middle leaders the support that they need to keep those great improvement agendas ticking away. Um, so that's our first piece. Um, so it could it might look like coaching for newly appointed principals, onboarding of, of new principals. So we ran an onboarding session this year in Longwich for our, our newly appointed folks out that way. Uh, professional development, uh, coaching, support through resources, um, like it might be uh, books that are going to help drive an improvement agenda and start a professional learning group. Um, function two is about beginning teachers. So I guess most obviously in our, in our catchment, I think we have about, well, across central Queensland region, about 350 beginning teachers, give or take. Wow. So, and that's a pretty constant number. So we had our big beginning teachers conference events across the region, and two of those were run, of course, in Emerald and Longwich. Um, so not that travel needed to go to Rockhampton, which obviously adds extra time on for people being away from their schools. So, uh, and also in the beginning teacher space, you know, we do a lot of support for people who are moving from graduate to proficient levels in their career stages, getting their portfolios done, coaching and support and building the resilience of people new to rural and remote areas as well. So we also, one of the functions is, is that piece around getting people ready to work in rural and remote. 
we did a lot of work um, last year and into this year with making sure people knew about their communities before they arrived, what did they need to put in their car, um, what might uh, furniture upload look like and download again, um, you know, what facilities were available in the town, what were the great social media groups that you could connect into when you got there to feel connected, um, was there a park run, for example, all those types of things we try to put into welcome packs so that our people newly appointed um, know a little bit about their community before they arrive. Uh, so one of the other functions is experienced teachers. So again, um, a lot a lot of that is around the highly accomplished teacher, lead teacher space and professional development that people identify they might want. Um, and again, some of that is de delivered by the team in the centre. So I have 10 staff, including myself, that work across the two locations. Two of those are administrative staff and the rest of them are um, our satellite coordinator in Longwich and our heads of learning and our head of wellbeing. Um, so we can deliver the PD or we can outsource that PD as well. So sometimes we bring folks from, um, you know, external presenters that people have requested. We ran fierce conversations in Emerald, for example, last year, which came as a request from principals and teachers. Um, so they're the, the major functions. The final one is the interagency work. So making sure that uh, we are connecting in. And if I think about an example of that work this year, we had Dr. Matt, to Dr. Matt Cap come out for beginning teachers. Uh, and we actually extended an offer for our early um, learning spaces to come and bring their staff along to talk with Dr. Matt about universal design in a play-based learning environment. So in Emerald, I think we had about 30 educators from non-DOE sites who came in to work with us um, in the, in those early years spaces. So yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah, that's fascinating. So it's not just our state schools that you're looking after? No, sometimes we um, branch out and, and we do include particularly our more remote locations, some of our, um, our private school counterparts, but also yeah, our kindies, our early years providers. We try to build those connections with existing service providers and other interagency supports so an emerald bush kids uh, you know those types of examples yeah and that would definitely fall too into your well-being space definitely so in the well-being space we do have a head of head of well-being Tamika Nichols she started um, in that role this year and she previously was one of our small school principals at Gindy mm -hmm. so very highly highly regarded and she's really enjoying the chance to work with schools in that um, wellbeing space. So she's available to help people with their wellbeing, staff wellbeing plans, uh, with looking at their student learning and wellbeing framework. And I guess just being that, that advocate for the wellbeing measures we can take to keep ourselves well, particularly at the moment, you know, obviously people's resilience being tested. Mm -hmm. We're being asked to reimagine what our work might look like in the next little while. And so she's very mindful of making sure she's reaching out to people, you know, making calls, checking in our beginning teachers, uh, you know, taking note of the type of things that we can do, resources we can push out to support people. Hmm. It's fascinating too to read that your PD that's on offer from the centre is all generated by schools. Yeah, so we don't we we are not on about designing something and then pushing it out to the forty three schools in the centre. We try to be responsive to the requests that come through, and sometimes uh, you know it may look like we use um, you know something that is um, straight from the Department of Education. So, for example, we will get requests around essential skills for classroom management. 
So we will think about what do we need to do with the SCMs that might be particular um, to, you know, the group of schools at Emerald, for example. Are there additional things that we need to build in or um, the examples we use, the way, the scenarios we offer, for example, that are um, tailored to the people that we're working with. Um, but, yeah, we, we do all sorts of things, create all sorts of things. Um, I guess we're in the situation where we have the time to do some of the research, we have the time to be increasing our skills and to be able to read read and extend our knowledge so that we are being responsive to what schools are asking us to deliver. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about being in the cars and out on the road and a little bit about virtual space. How else do you connect with schools? Um, I, I guess we, we do a, a bit of... Like when we when we come in when people come in for PD, you know, we always try to connect with them there face to face and just make sure they know that you know we're we're at the end of the phone line if they want to call us. We have a newsletter every five weeks, so that comes out uh, you know to all of our regional staff and all of the schools uh, in the centre catchment. Um, and we, you know, we do try to be inclusive as well. So uh, there, we do have schools that are on the edge of our catchment, and we make sure that those newsletters go out to them as well. And if ever there's anyone who wants to access the resource that is the Centre for Learning Wellbeing, we try to make sure that if someone wants to come to the PD, even if they're outside of the claw catchment, that they're able to access that. Um, so, yeah, we're very happy to provide that sort of support. Um, you know, just those phone check-ins, you know, over the last um, week have been, you know, really important, just seeing how people are going, hearing about, you know, the learning that's happened and the the intentional collaboration that's happened because people have raised issues on those phone calls that then has allowed us to have a conversation with the ARDs or the RD to get um, some more information about that. And you can bet if one principal's asking it, mm-hmm. other people want to know the answer to that as well. So we, I think we've been able to connect people that way as well. Obviously, email as well is another way that we connect. So uh, it really, it's, it's I think, horses for courses. Some people really like a regular check-in. Other people say, I'll call you when I need your service. Um, but, yeah, the, the request for services form, the bookings, um, you know, we, we also say the claw doesn't belong to us. The space belongs to central Queensland. So we get a lot of groups that run meetings out of the space um, that is not PD we're generating. If, you know, someone wants a meeting room and we can make it easy for people. There's It's well equipped to run PD. There's you know, all the latest technology that's available there. Um, and we, we just say, if you, you know, book it, fill out the booking form and it's available for you. So wow. our aim is to make it easy for people. Um, to get people together to do that intentional collaboration work and to run the type of PD that they want to run as well. So it's not uncommon for schools at Emerald to book out the space for a day for a meeting or a PD session that they've organised as well. What a great asset for our rural and remote schools. Mm. Yeah. So you mentioned the Beginning Teachers Conference too. What other sort of work have has the centre facilitated yeah, so we do a lot of um, check-ins with our beginning teachers. So um, might be some of them are one-on-ones, some of them are um, group chats, uh, and we do we push out resources to them as well, little things that we find useful, things that we might be reading that we come across. So at the moment, we've been talking a lot about grouping strategies in classrooms, for example. So there's a little section in our newsletter this time around about the types of grouping strategies you can use. Because we know that some children feel a little bit nervous when they move into groups, just like adults do. So ways that you can structure that, um, for example. Um, so Renee Dwyer, big shout out to her, our Head of Learning Beginning Teachers. She does a lot of work to keep our beginning teachers connected in with each other. Um, she runs, um, She's run Skype. We have, we have used Zoom occasionally um, before people had their MIS 
usernames to connect with them before they even started in their roles as well. Um, but generally, um, at the moment, it, Skype is probably the most common one that we're using or face-to-face trying to get people together. We also obviously travel out to schools when we're able to yeah. uh, and bring people um, together and, and have a conversation. So often we do mentor and mentoring um, sessions. So we've got a mentoring network going in the Central Highlands um, where we actually listen to what people are requesting in terms of PD, support for how to hold you know, conversations, how to give feedback, lesson feedback ideas, that kind of thing. So, Yeah, and I know too that um, the staff at the centre have also been um, leading curriculum and moderation work. Yeah, so we're really excited to work with the state schooling team members as well. And so we talk about, you know, co-labouring, co-learning and co-leading to help us all achieve that big ACE piece. So we want that, you know, confident, capable workforce. And obviously the Australian curriculum implementation is a big priority for CQ Region this year. And so, yes, we've been involved in that moderation space, that pre-moderation, working with... um, Working in Longwich, for example, on the People Free Days this year, we did a, a big collaborative piece with um, the paddles uh, to help people get ready for that before moderation piece. Uh, we also work with people to look at their calf development, um, looking at level two planning or level three planning just to support what schools are needing. Yeah. And um, it's not just teaching staff, but you've also got some initiative going for business managers. Yes, so we're really excited about this piece. This came as a result of Megan Allen uh, saying, you know, that this was an identified need. And I guess what we want to do is make life a bit easier for our principals. We know how busy they are. Um, So if you're a new principal or a principal where maybe you have a new business manager, um, there's obviously some capability development that always needs to happen. And so we have two business managers who work not in the centre, but they one's based in Rockhampton, one's based in Gladstone, so a big... Shout out to Kate and Grace too. And they um, triage and support business managers. So they'll Skype in, um, for example, to discuss uh, issues that might be coming up in, in audit reports or to be able to support people who maybe know that they don't quite know the correct process or maybe they think there's an easier way of doing it. So they're using the collective knowledge and wisdom of those two mm-hmm. very business experienced business managers to help them solve solve a problem in their schools so yeah we're really excited about that peace treaty and uh, a little news flash comes out every couple of weeks from the ladies just letting people know um, about common things that they're finding and and pointing them in the direction of supportive resources so yeah i've received those right um so we've talked about some of the things that have been in play uh in the recent past what's what's on the horizon what's coming up well, uh, we're currently moving a lot of our PD online for Term 2, and that's going to be an interesting space for us. And in our latest news letter, there's a lot of opportunities there. Some some of the mentoring work uh, we're picking up again and, and really trying to get those networks going. We're excited about a couple of communities of practice. So there's one, and a big shout-out to the Dysart team this time because um, Dysart State and Dysart High have had us out there working with a community of practice with teachers around, you know, that's really centred on practical teaching pedagogy in the classroom. So um, we like to we like to build those sorts of networks where people request them um, and we would use a gradual ease of responsibility model with that type of structure. 
Uh, we've also um, got a big piece that we're working on in terms of sensory needs of learners. So uh, we have just purchased a whole lot of really um, cool and exciting pieces that you would take into classrooms to use. And so that workshop, we were very hands-on. And one of the things we've got in the pipeline is that we're buying a big vinyl sticker cutter to actually invest in schools designing their own sensory trails for students so um the opportunities there are endless so yeah that's a piece of work that we're really excited about at the moment we have we haven't got it yet but hopefully it will arrive soon yeah so diverse yes the work is really varied and interesting um and provided it aligns with the five functions we can usually manage it so it keeps our team on our toes because we do need to do our research and obviously keep it keep abreast of things but um yeah it's, it's exciting yeah. So before we wrap it up, Lisa, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, well, I guess just, you know, regionally knowing that we're there as a resource. I know we are, you know, located at Emerald and, and sometimes that can seem a long way away from Rockhampton or Gladstone or Mackay, but there might be ways and we, we do try to connect in. Um, you know, for example, we do sometimes call on mentors who are in our larger schools along the coast mm. to support some of our beginning teachers inland. And that's, you know, a really valued service us because we can tap into maybe people who want to do that mentoring but haven't got a new beginning teacher in their school so we really value partnerships and and the relationships that we can form with all schools across the region uh, and you know if you want to know more about us or you want to access our services please just ask actually it's interesting what you said there just reminded me too that um, the centers actually now charter the take the lead program yes absolutely and so yeah, it's yeah. Our, our teachers from maybe not necessarily rural and remote areas but in our provincial cities that yes. are looking for that opportunity yes well we were looking forward to hosting take the lead in term two unfortunately it's been postponed at the moment but that was a really exciting piece for us being able to showcase off our schools um, in the west as part of that Take the Lead program too and, and also showing our potential leaders who might come into Central Queensland region all the, su- all the support that's out there um, through the, yeah. the wonderful team that works here together in CQ. Yeah, it is the best region. It is. It is. <laughs> well, thanks, Lisa. That's been amazing to hear what the work of the CLAW is, the Centre for Learning and Wellbeing. Now, I know you've listened to the podcast, so you would know from previous episodes that we do the fast five that aren't so fast. Mm -hmm. So are you you up for the challenge? I'm ready to go. Great. Okay. So Lisa, when and where was your first teaching appointment? Well, Trudy, I was one of those people that ticked the box and said I would go anywhere in the state. I'm a rocky girl, born and bred, and I actually got a school in Rockhampton at Glenmore State School um, and loved it. It was a great place to to start my teaching career. Uh, it was a fantastic school, and um, yeah, we I did a lot of multi age teaching actually at Glenmore. Started with a grade one and then built a one two and a one two three, and it was what it actually drew me to then be a small school principal. Yeah. So you kind of have had your career a bit back to front. You're doing your rural and remote service. And very proud, the- very proud to do so, actually, Trudy. That was one of the things that was probably one of my great regrets in life, that I hadn't actually had that opportunity to do that um, more real service. And so it was one of the things that attra- attracted me to the claw job. Yeah, mm. and it sounds like you love it too. I do. So when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile? Uh, lots of things have made me smile in the last little week or so. And I suppose when I see you know the work that principals are leading with their school communities and 
the attention that people are paying to well-being. We've had people dressed up in leopard print out at Emerald North State School and food vans rocking up and, you know, innovative ways of the Easter Bunny coming. Um, schools, you know, recording Facebook movies to get out to their community. There's just been so many wonderful things happening. That's that's really made me, made me smile to mm. see that. Um, but also, I suppose, in my work in the last little while, um, in, and working in schools with check-ins with kids and hearing kids talk about, um, you know, the things that they're happy about and the things that they're missing out on and inevitably what comes up, sport. That's the, that's the thorn at the moment from our kids in the West. Why can't we play sport? So, uh, yeah, it makes, always makes me smile. We never underestimate the importance of a good run around with a footy. Yeah, yeah, I, I could believe that. Uh, Lisa, what's your best book or film recommendation? Uh, Trudy, I'm going to go with Hidden Minds uh, because I really, uh, as as the movie, I haven't read the book, but certainly the story of those women and what they what they accomplished through that incredible mathematical, uh, you know, algorithm and equation to support with the with with the space race um, is just quite incredible. And it's been, particularly in the time when they did it, um, you know, just incredible and inspirational. Well, I'm not a movie girl, but that sounds fascinating. So I'll find it and pop it in the show notes. There might be a few tears there too, Trudy. Mm. Your favourite quote, Lisa? Um, So this is a Carol Dweck quote, um, and I guess it relates to, you know, something that I think you you can never really try too hard, you know, like, there's there's no there's no f uh, there's no end to what you can accomplish if you try. So the quote is: No matter what your ability is, effort is what ignites that ability and turns it into accomplishment. I mean, no surprise to my um, my previous team at Frenchville because it's actually on the wall um, in the staff room there um, as a reminder to us all about that work of Carol Dweck. Yeah, it's a great one, and we'll have that one in the show notes too. And Lisa, given your uh, lifetime in CQ, I'm fascinated here what you say to the last question so as far as things to see in cq what's our best kept secret well tree uh michael and i have a little retirement house down at keppel sands and it is a, a little piece of paradise down there i think about 400 residents maybe live in keppel sands most of them not permanently or not full-time so like us blow-ins um but i can't really tell out all of our secret spots for fishing and camping but i can say it probably is one of the 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 best kept secrets of CQ and while I'm at it probably a big shout out to Sam Conway who's our principal down there too and I always hear great things um, about Sam's leadership and her presence in the school. Yeah so I guess the the tip there is go and find Keppel Sands and start exploring. Yes although not when you're um, quarantining at home or anything like that perhaps so yeah at the moment um, I think we're going to have a a break at home most of us most of us this holidays aren't we? Yeah yeah well thank you lisa loved your responses to the fast five that aren't so fast and um really enjoyed uh, hearing you talk about the work of the the claw the center for learning and well-being and uh, if you have enjoyed uh, hearing the conversation we would love your feedback um, or any suggestions or recommendations for future episodes and of course you can do that by emailing us at cq communications with an s at qed.qld.gov.au. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversations, please help us spread the word by telling them about the show 
or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks very much, Trudy. for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.